Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. One more hour to go on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Excited about the blue hair that is about to be at the top of Will Pelagic's head. Willie P. Well, more more of the keyboard warriors are out there. Yes, they are. Be, be, being angry about it. They said, if you are the one that promised to dye your hair and then walk backwards. I didn't then. promise. <laughs> I, that's the problem. I didn't. I just oh. said, ah, yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, I've got the audio. Do we want to play it? Do we have it on hand? Give me a second. Because, you know, Wes also needs to worry about his wording as far as the followers on Wes and Walker and our Twitter account. Because you've promised the people something if they're like the 1,000th follower. We've talked about doing some kind of hairstyle with you as well, right? Uh, Yeah, but then I said I would get them something. (laughs) Pick a random follower if we get to every 1,000 that we get. So what are you going to give them? Well, I don't know. We got to get there first. Okay. <laughs> no, I didn't. Huh. I wanted to know. I didn't know if it was going to be a hairstyle or what it was going to be. Some I type a gift card or something like that. Okay. Um, we'll figure that out. We have a long way to go. So follow us on Twitter at Weston Walker. They should, they should go to uh, Bossy's and have lunch with y'all. No, no, not with Fitty. He will hold that over your head for the rest of eternity. That could be dope. 704-570-9610. Feel free to text in the Garage Door Guru text line. Plus, remind me to give out Charlotte Hornets tickets tomorrow night against the Phoenix Suns. We're not going to do it right now, but we'll do it at the end of the segment. Again, text me to remind me if you want to see Kevin Durant's debut with the Phoenix Suns. It is confirmed, right, Fiddy? You did see that come across the timeline. It is now confirmed that he'll suit up against Charlotte. Yeah, that is correct. Okay, so Kevin Durant, first ever game in a Phoenix Sun uniform. We will be able to send you there if you will be the third caller at the end of the segment. We'll uh, we'll go with that at the very end of the game that we have planned. But the game that I have planned is a QB prospect guessing game. And so I want to go around the room. We're going to play pieces of analysis. That's right. Bring the old game show theme music, baby. We're going to play sound bites from different NFL draft evaluators. Hey, Walker. And we are going to have different. <laughs> What's... What, what is that? That's that's the boss man. He's uh... I've been quietly listening to the entire show in my home studio. OK, yes. <laughs> and Willie, to me, was all in like it's all or nothing. There's no half measures here, right? I, did, I thought you were talking to me like God from above. That those that that voice just kind of came into my head. But I, go ahead, Willie. You, you can talk with the boss man. I, I thought we came to an understanding. I thought the understanding was subliminally that you committed to do something, and that's what you were going to do. I've committed to do something. I'm, I'm doing That's why I that. asked all the questions about Julianne and what she thought of your plan to go blue. She's, she's, on, she's, on, uh, she's on board with the plan that is uh, out there. <laughs> I think we should review the tape. Uh, okay, I mean, we have... Was the, the word dye was used, not spray. 
die. Oh, man, this is tough coming from the boss man. The, the, I'm just I'm just asking if you're all in or all out. That's all. I I tried to give you an out, and yet Jeff Rickard himself called in to the show to he stop asked, us from I mean, moving he's a, on. He's allowed to do that. He is the boss. Oh, I know. I, what I say doesn't matter where it comes to your personal appearance. It's up to you to do whatever you want to do, and there are no repercussions on you whatsoever, regardless of what you decide. Mm-hmm. I just was under the impression, listening and being, by the way, courtside when you made that declaration. He was there. That, I did see him. That's kind of what I understood I kinda, was the I, intent. I, th- I think our boss might, might be trying to pander to the audience a little bit. He, he's one of those warriors that you were talking about. <laughs> no, I showed up. That's the reason I showed up. I wasn't going to be a keyboard warrior. I was actually going to make the case. That's true. No, well, that's the boss man joining us to uh, make sure that Willie stays true to his word and die, not no, spray, and but no die repercussions. His hair blue. No repercussions whatsoever. I'm not going to think of him differently. I just thought he was all in. That's all. <laughs> there, there, you hear it. I mean, Jeff not approving of it. Not approving. He he wants to see Willie stick with it all, but at least there's I got, not. I mean, I've worked with people I who got Mac and Bones approval. That's all. I that's all. I've that worked to with me. people who Ooh. lost bets on the radio and got tattoos. Yeah, see, I'm, I would T-Bone, never do T-Bone, that. T Bone had a couple of those. Is that right? Does he have tattoos as we speak? He has. He has Sir Purr. Morning show bet. Lost tattoos. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to turn the show back over to you guys. I just wanted it out there for the record. I had no clue what was going on when he started saying my name. Zero <laughs> clue. That's why I didn't tell you. I wanted to throw all of y'all off. I mean, just coming in from out of nowhere. Walker, I thought that this you had accidentally... the most terrifying thing that's ever happened. I thought you just dialed him on the internet, like some kind of Zoom call, but there he is. All right, a brief appearance from Jeff Rickard. <laughs> Let's now go to the game. Let's play the first soundbite for you guys to guess what prospect Field Yates is talking about. Play the soundbite, Fitty. In some ways, it feels like the safest player out of those three because, you know, the physical skill set is very evident. All right, so in case you couldn't hear it, Field Yates said that Blank is the safest of the prospects. You can play it one more time, and then we'll go to Wes first to see what his guess is. Or we won't do it. Who are all of the choices? Just the main? The top four. The, okay. top, the top four guys. All right, let's go to the first soundbite. What you got? In some ways, it feels like safest player out of those three because you know the physical skill set is very evident all right wes the safest is the key here if field yates is saying the physical skill set and the safest qb when referencing any of the top four qbs what prospect do you think he's talking about cj stroud easy huh done uh yeah i mean because like i said richardson is the physical skills are there but you know, he's boomer bust. Will Levis is the same way. Bryce Stroud, the physical is one of his detractions right now. So I'm going to go with Stroud. All right, Willie, what do you think? Uh, I would agree. So I think it's I think Stroud is the answer. Fiddy, do you have any quarrels with those two guesses? Yeah, were, were, the, were the college game day graphic all picking the same team? I've got the Ohio State product, C.J. Stroud here. Uh, yes, that is correct. Field Yates was talking about C.J. Stroud being the safest prospect towards the top of all of the QBs. And just real quickly, do we agree with that like and is this the least safe prospect class that we've had in quite some time like is there anybody you feel look 
not Trevor Lawrence, not generational prospect, but as far as the low floor, high ceiling type of talk that we have surrounding some of these QBs, would you agree that C.J. Stroud is a safer prospect, even with the ceiling possibly being limited? No, because I think that Bryce Young is, people can knock his size all they want, but at the end of the day, like I said, with his pedigree, what he's done at the SEC level, in my opinion, he's the safest because I feel pretty confident that he's going to be a really good NFL quarterback. I like C.J. Stroud's arm, and I think his size will be something that's different I don't know if that necessarily makes him the quote-unquote safest. I think characterizing any of these guys as safe, I think, might even be a step too far because I think there's still a lot of unproven nature for all of them. All right, let's go to QB number two, who is Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl, talking about. Go ahead and play the hit. He's got great instincts, too. Like, the guy just he just knows how to play. He feels everything. You know, again, the measurables will get picked apart. You know that. I mean, yeah, eyeball him. He doesn't look the part. But, but most importantly, because of the instincts in the field, he doesn't get easy. hit a lot. He doesn't put himself in harm's way. So that there's going to be a roll of the dice because of that. All right, it's easy. Do you just want to go ahead and give your vo- uh, give your guess here, Wes? Real yeah, quick. man, it's Bryce Young. That's Bryce Young, yes. <laughs> you guys are shaking your heads. It is absolutely <laughs> is Bryce Young. I was not going to go to Fiddy because he was laughing as well at the Jim Nagy sound right there. It's absolutely Bryce Young. All of you are two for two. We'll see if you guys can get the other two ones here. But Bryce Young, the measurables, not a problem for me. Like, I, I get it that it's it's fine. I understand why some GMs or authority figures within an NFL franchise would be shying away because dude's small, no doubt about it. But I much would rather take a chance on someone that small who is an excellent processor of the game, who is also really accurate, can throw the deep ball, can move in the pocket. I, I love Bryce Young, and all of the measurables are a problem. I get it, but I'm cool, and I would take, I would certainly take that chance. I don't think anybody has a problem with the way Bryce Young plays the game. I think they just wonder how durable he's going to be, and I think that, that has to be called into question. Mm, I mean... I think we've seen smaller quarterbacks be able to be fine. Like I said, I mean, people wanted to compare him to Doug Flutie. And, you know, Doug Flutie was able to have a, a pretty decent career as far as playing-wise and not getting broken apart like everybody thinks Bryce Young will seem to. Um, yeah, is he small? Yes. But like I said, he can play. And he's had to deal with this his whole career. And as I keep saying, everybody keeps calling the SEC NFL junior and all of these great defenses and all of these players that were, I'm sure, coming into college, people question whether or not that he would be able to be durable in the SEC. Uh, yeah, he had some injuries, but everybody gets injured. So like I said, I, I just I think it's just something for scouts to try to talk themselves out of taking a a really good quarterback. Well, yeah, Wes, how do you compare him then? Like, it seems like you're kind of about Bryce Young being mm-hmm. the number one overall quarterback mm-hmm. in this draft. And then, so how would you compare him to some of the other prospects there? Like, you're, you're taking him uh, amongst what I feel I like think, I th- a lot of I think of he's a more athletic, like, Drew Brees type of guy. I mean, as far as when you talk about size-wise, the accuracy, how cerebral he is. Like I said, he's been a prodigious type of prospect uh, pretty much his entire life. He was bred to be a quarterback. He's had to deal with detractions about his size his entire life and all he's done at every level he's gotten to is showed up and dominated. So I don't feel any different that this will happen at the NFL level. I can relate a lot to Bryce Young because I'm smaller in stature too and that's why I can't find a woman. Is I don't think Bryce Young has that problem. (laughs) (laughs) Are you you as big a you know, jerk. Bryce Young, or? I don't know what you were about to say. Yeah. Is 
Did, did you just call Bryce Young a jerk? No, I'm by saying the way? I called you a jerk. I'm saying you two are you too comparable in that aspect. Oh, I don't think there's a bigger jerk than me. Yeah. I think so. I agree. Yeah, small body, big jerk vibes from one Josh Fitty Marlowe. <laughs> Let's go to QB number three. The prospect Todd McShay talks about. Play the hit, Fitty. What we got? His character, his leadership. It's everything that you look for. I struggle because I think inside the pocket, when things aren't going well, his eyes drop and he doesn't quite see everything and doesn't have that that sixth sense, if you will. That's where it, it's an issue. That's <laughs> easy. Well, that's Will Levis. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh-oh. Yeah. Who are you going with, I was going to say Anthony Richardson. I go Levis. Okay. Wes said easy. Willie said Will Levis, and you said Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're about to trick us the way that you act. Our first, well, it's our first disagreement. Things got interesting. I did not want to put together a game and then have it be so easy where everybody clears right. the board. Well, you right. struck out the first two times. No doubt. That's why I did it, and I'm glad that Fitty got it wrong. It's Will Levis. <laughs> Todd McShay was talking about. But I did think that would be kind of hard between Will Levis and Anthony Richardson if those are the two QBs on the board. Why was it so easy? The because the way he said or? about it was just the way I felt about it as well. Like, he's physically talented and sometimes he can really uh, woo you in with some of the things that he could do. But like he said, there's times to where the decision-making uh, is very inconsistent and he has head-scratching throws and that's yeah. what he was alluding but to. But I guess mind-numbing interceptions from him. But but I guess my question is, I don't think I heard anything all that different with the discourse surrounding Anthony Richardson, right? Like, all that stuff you said, if you had applied it to Anthony, what's what's the difference? Well, the thing that you're going to hear about Anthony Richardson is what people are going to say is just how inconsistent he was as a passer. And then you're going to hear them rave about physically what he offers. And so that's the that, those are the key triggers for me about Anthony Richardson to know if they're talking about him or not. All right, well, Richardson might have the best arm of any of these quarterbacks. It's just about whether or not he can be accurate. I think that's always kind of the issue. You're not feeling it, Fitty? I don't know. Levis's arm against clean air looks pretty damn good. Now and Richardson does too. Yeah. Now I think Bryce Young has the best cuz he can throw from every freaking angle you got to throw at to, to make throws in the NFL. But yeah, but that's arm talent though, like arm strength. Wes is gonna be hot in the shorts watching these guys throw in Indy. Nah, Richardson, <laughs> you know Richardson and Levis definitely have the strongest arm. Yeah, well, like, they have the arm strength. Bryce Young has the arm talent. All right, if you get this one wrong, then you're an idiot. Let's go to the last one with the top <laughs> four QBs. But he's, you know, he's probably the closest thing in terms of a specimen that we've seen at the position since Cam Newton. Now, oh, there you go. certainly <laughs> isn't what Cam Newton's was coming out of Auburn. But he has all that stuff. I think, you know, talking to a GM in the fall about him, I think he summed it up best. He said you could make a great highlight tape and you could make a really bad low light tape. And unfortunately, right now he's he's going into a league that's not really about development at the quarterback position. It's, it's become a bit of a sink or swim thing. So I just thought that was an interesting soundbite, but again, I That's say, Will it, Levis. I say yeah, please do, please do. You know what? I think you're trying to trick me. That's Will Levis. I'm on to you guys. Uh, Anthony Richardson being compared to Cam Newton. We can talk about it next week as well, but I thought that soundbite was kind of interesting because a lot of people are going that route. Yeah, man. I mean, like I said, and uh, you know, I think he's a little faster than Cam, like I said, foot speed wise, but everything you see from him, Outside, I think Cam was more accurate at mm. Auburn, and I yeah, think you could better see passer. that. But just, just as far as just physical stature, like he's probably the most physically gifted as far as height, weight, speed, arm strength quarterback that we've well, had since Cam for sure. Where does he compare 
with the measurables to Cam from from that aspect. I well, thought I thought Cam was a little bigger than him, is he not? Yeah, Cam probably has him by about ten pounds or so. Um, Richardson's faster though. Yeah, uh, Richardson may have a may have a little bit stronger arm than Cam. Yeah. Um, but Cam was more accurate coming out, and Cam was an inch or two taller. That's about an inch and a half Cam, taller. Cam, I know he's like taller. For, yeah. for, for, for it sure. certainly felt like Cam Newton was more accurate coming out of college, and that's why even with us trying to throw Jake Locker and Blaine Gabbard into the mix at the time, if you were to compare him to Anthony Richardson right now, feels like accuracy certainly on Cam Newton's side, and so there has to be some more polish that I, comes Anthony Richardson's way. I don't know way. why you want to do that to somebody who went to Missouri. I don't know why you'd want to try to compare those two. That'd one, be- <laughs> Blaine Gabbard, that's your boy. Um, no, that he's is, not. That is Willie P., Blaine Gabbard's best friend, we blue don't, we hair. Don't, we, don't, we don't claim Blaine Gabbard anymore. Well, you're going to have to claim blue hair in just a moment. We're going to show it to the entire world via social media. You can follow us on Twitter, at Wes and Walker. We're going to get Willie P. Style, too. Follow that Twitter handle. We're going to put it out there. I'm excited. Thank you for getting me my own spray bottle. I'm bracing for the worst. Yeah, oh, me, me too. But I'm honestly, it's, it's the best and the worst, if mm. you ask me. We will put that video out later. One more segment to go before we get to the Black Sports Hero of the Day and what's on tap. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Back the Wes and Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ Garage Door Guru Text Line 704-570-9610 Hit up the socials Wes and Walker on Twitter WFNZ Twitter WFNZ Instagram Hit that follow button And at the end of the segment Not now Sorry okay, At the end We will be giving away tickets To the Hercules Tire Big South Basketball Championship No Charlotte Hornets At the end of the segment Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte Hornets game. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, Charlotte Ooh, Hornets. No, My look, bad. I can't clown you too much. I forgot <laughs> myself. My bad. Charlotte Hornets tickets will be given out against the Phoenix Suns. Tomorrow night. KD may be in the building, which is not good news for the Charlotte Hornets, without LaMelo Ball, which leads us into our segment here, man. Listen, LaMelo Ball, freak injury last night. For those of you who didn't see, for those of you who are too squeamish to watch, Injuries as they happen. Mello was giving somebody a crossover, about to give somebody the business. The ankle went. He falls on the ground, loses the ball. And it's crazy, too, because the fracture ankle, Mello got up like it was like, he was like, man, like, like it was nothing. And then he was just like, yeah, it popped. It popped or whatever. You know what I'm saying? No on the ground, holding it, writhing in pain. And so, you know, with that said, though, 
you know, how serious is this injury to his long-term outlook? How worried are we about him as a prospect going forward that this could be something that every year we expect him to miss 10, 20, 30% of eligible games? You definitely have to be a little worried. But I don't know if I'm as worried as I was with some of the other young talents to have this kind of injury late in history before. Mm-hmm. I go to Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid missed quite a bit of time at the start of his NBA career. A body that is seven feet started to put on some weight, right? And intentionally so, to try to bang with the bodies down low in the NBA. And that kind of body lends itself more to a bad injury history. Then you start to look at some of these point guards where maybe you look at a Derrick Rose who eventually was out of the league for a little while, comes mm. back, but in a very different in role. Yes. But LaMelo doesn't have that body. I mean, Derrick Rose was all kinds of explosive. Yeah. LaMelo's not really explosive like that. I mean, he's quick, but he's not a high riser. I mean, he can dunk on you. Yeah, but he's I, subtle. I wouldn't say it's, I wouldn't say he's explosive. That's mm-hmm. not the kind of characteristic I would give to LaMelo Ball. Zion Williamson, bad body, a lot of weight. And explosive, right? That is a bad combination as far as the injury history goes. And we've seen that time and time again. I hate it, but Zion just can't stay healthy. I don't see that bad body for LaMelo. Like, that's not what I see for him as far as, oh, man, just the way that he's built. It's going to be a real problem for him to stay on the floor. I think that you had some freak injuries. Mm -hmm. I think that with LaMelo having his foot stepped on by P.J. Washington, Mm -hmm. that could happen to anybody. I think with him stepping on a fan's foot out of bounds, that could happen to anybody. He did play 75 games last year, so he at least was healthy last season. He did have the wrist injury his first season. He did come back faster timetable than was originally expected. So, yeah, it's easy to call him injury prone now, and it's hard to argue. Totally understand. I don't know if I'm ready to have this sweeping statement saying that I'm so worried about him going forward because he should be back by the beginning of the next season. Now, to your point, I want to go back to the point that you talked about with bodies. And so I disagree. I do think that uh, Zion does have a a great frame. He just needs to control it a little better. And I think, unfortunately, I felt like he came into the season in, in pretty good shape. But I just think that anytime he gets an injury now, people are going to attribute it to that. But I say that to say with Melo... You know, seeing him up close last year, and a lot of people have seen him up close, so it's not like I had this great, great access to him, but he's very slight. I mean, he's, yeah, he's skinny. He's very slight. Like, when I saw him, I mean, his waist size can't be more than probably a 30, <laughs> 28, maybe, 26. I mean, he is a very slender guy. So I do think that probably the weight room and starting to add a little bit of weight is going to be very advantageous to him. So I say that about bad bodies. His body could stand to gain some weight. And I know he's a young man, and he will grow into his body more. But it's like, because when you see a lot of workout videos of Melo, and and I'm not saying that he does not, but when you see a lot of workout videos of Melo, it's always basketball-related. You hear how he's a gym rat, et cetera, et cetera. But the thing is, is he putting in the time on the weights? Because we saw, even with Michael Jordan, it's a much different NBA now as far as the physicality when you're going to the basket. But still, even in this NBA, you still get put on your behind a lot if you go to the basket a ton. We've seen John Morant suffer a lot of injuries and stuff like that. And I feel like with a lot of the players of today, they don't necessarily, especially like guards, I feel like they don't necessarily put a lot of emphasis 
on the weight room. We've heard Kevin Durant talk about when he came into the NBA. You remember the infamous video of him not being able to bench press. I believe it was 135, but maybe one time at the combine. So I think with a lot of players now, they just love to hoop and they work on specialized skills. But I think the weight room is something, too, that would help some guys out. And I think for a guy like LaMelo, that may be the next step in his maturation is to get into the weight room, build those muscles so maybe you don't have where you could maybe withstand a stepping on somebody's ankle and not be out as long or different things like that. Yeah, I guess it's just, do you view those as separate things? I kind of do. Because I do think he's he's definitely skinny. Well, when you talked about bad bodies, I'm just saying that his body's very slight. It's not... No, I know. And I've... Yeah. I've it's definitely skinny. It's hard to argue that he's not skinny. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not trying to get it twisted and say that. Mm-hmm. I'm saying as far as injury-prone bodies, mm-hmm. I don't know if I see that with LaMelo compared to some of the other guys that we have given that injury-prone tagline to and or even the way that he plays. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I give that, even with John Morant, who you've talked about. John Morant is injury-prone, not crazy. He'll have played 57 games in each of the four seasons, assuming he doesn't get hurt now. Maybe he does. But, you know, so it's... John Morant is explosive, though, right? Like, to your point, with whatever level of injury proneness you want to put to a player, he's certainly explosive. We don't think of LaMelo as that. I I don't know if I look at him and say the way he plays is going to lend himself to being an unhealthy basketball player down the line. So I don't know if I see this fractured right ankle and say, man, after this and the three ankle injuries that he suffered beforehand – how much is that going to keep him out of you know basketball games going forward? The good news is too, like Lamelo was, Lamelo was okay after his third left ankle sprain, right? Like it's not like he w- anything was holding him back the last month. Mm-hmm. He seemed to be 100% healthy. He seemed to be ready to go, and so that is something that's a little sigh of relief that that was not holding him back. Now the right ankle, hopefully he heals and he's ready to go at the beginning of next season. But yeah, it's it's certainly a concern. I just. I'm not going to go so far off the deep end and say, well, great. Now LaMelo is always going to be this injury prone player Mm -hmm. and we can never trust him. Yeah. I mean, and also to just not just kind of bulking up a little bit, but just getting stronger, just adding strength uh, to to that body as well. So do you question, which I, you know, I think it's silly, but do you question whether he should have been playing the last month of the season? Yeah, I think it's silly too. Absolutely. I think he, look, If we're talking about players playing, especially in this rest era that is the NBA, Mm -hmm. where the association is trying to figure it out, it is a hot topic of conversation, especially post-All-Star break because of load management that's going on in the NBA. And then you would want to advocate for LaMelo sitting. I mean, this is someone that was ready to go. He was good. Doctors cleared him. LaMelo was not holding himself out. He wanted to go out there. Plus, what has LaMelo or this Charlotte Hornets team accomplished to the point where you can hold him out and feel good? LaMelo still has to work on his game, just like any good young player in the NBA. Yeah. The best way to do that, right, is to give LaMelo time out there on an NBA basketball court where he's going up against real competition. You want him to develop chemistry with the first-round pick that is Mark Williams. If you're going to sign P.J. Washington – Then you want him to develop more chemistry with PJ and figure out the pick and pop game and team defense and what have you. If you're going to have Bryce McGowan's a part of this team who you just converted his two-way contract into a four-year deal, I want to see those guys in the backcourt play alongside one another. So 
I agree with you. It's silly. LaMelo should have been playing if he thought it was right. If the medical staff thought it was right and cleared him and he was ready to go, zero problem with him being out there on the floor. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just absolutely ludicrous for a 21-year-old player to be sitting out for low management just because his team isn't good. You can't wrap these guys in bubble wrap. They get a paycheck to play basketball, folks. You can't just sit, guys, because your record's not good. Because, you know... What happens if they do win and he goes out and gets hurt for a month or two months when things are going well? Like, you can't control those types of things. They're, they're going to happen if they're going to happen. So, I think that's just absurd. But a very interesting question that you have in here, Mr. Mayo, is that does Puma share any blame? <laughs> and before you say that, uh-huh. this is not unprecedented. We saw... Zion Williamson blow out the shoe in the game. We saw way back when Stephon Marbury broke his foot in the and ones. Ended up, that ended up tarnishing that shoe deal and he ended up moving on. We saw his brother play in the big baller brand ZO2s. And he, I watched a clip about this just the other week about LaMelo's, I mean, about Lonzo saying how the shoes. He would have to change out of them by halftime, how uncomfortable they were, all the injuries that he sustained in those, and even the Lakers brass had to speak with him. And he said this out of his mouth. The Lakers brass spoke with him about the shoes that he was wearing and how conducive they were to him. So that is a question. Now, I will say from experience, I have two pairs of LaMelo's first shoe. Very comfortable. I felt like very stable. I have not tried the second shoe. So this is a, this is a very interesting question. Now I'm no NBA player that I got out there and played in the Lamellos to see how they feel and <laughs> what they do. Uh, I know the upper in it, it's it's pretty sturdy. I'm not gonna say it's stiff, but it's not you know loosey goosey at the top to where you know your ankles moving around in those because they're mids. So I mean, what do you think about that, and what brought this about for you? to ask this question because I I love it. I love this kind of talk. The only reason I put it out there is because Twitter seems to be having this conversation. Yes. Doug Branson of Lockdown Hornets Mm -hmm. put it in a group chat with me and David Walker, an OG member of that pod before I hopped on as well. And he put out a tweet discussing the Puma side of this. And I didn't really, and we were joking about it. Like, okay, this might be getting a little carried away. And then everybody else started after that. There were so many other people that started talking about the Puma shoe deal. Mm-hmm. To me, I'm not going to look at this injury history for LaMelo and start to point to the shoes when we can go to other injury-laden players before. Mm-hmm. And then you bring up the Zion Williamson thing. Man, this is somebody that also had problems in high school mm-hmm. with injuries. And then he busts through the Nike shoe. Yeah, it's a bad look. Or it could just be the most heavy-slash-explosive ratio player we've ever seen in college basketball history. Yeah. And so, like, he busts through the Nike. He's still dealing with them. You know, now Nike has the Skrilla, as you might say. Puma has... Or Jordan a, Brand, but yeah. Well, right. Jordan Brand, yeah. Nike. But then you ha- you also have LaMelo, big old shoe deal with Puma. So I can't imagine that LaMelo is going to switch brands here. I just don't know if I'm looking at Puma, especially with the guys for Nike or any of these other shoes. Like, Derrick Rose had some Adidas. I don't know if he had the beef, but people contemplated that idea as well when he had the injury history. And you got low tops that people are playing in. Right. 
And I guess we just put that on the player more than we do the shoes. Man, I have a big old eyebrow raised to this. I'm just not going to blame Puma for the injury history that LaMelo has right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm, I'm not either because his shoe is actually a shoe that I would play in. I think it's comfortable and sturdy enough for hardcore basketball play. I mean, that's what the hell they make it for, right? That's why he signed with Puma. So I think that that uh, doesn't make a lot of sense to me either. Uh, I feel like his shoe is a good shoe. Like I said, I haven't tried the second one, but it looks very similar to the first, especially the silhouette and the upper and all those things look uh, very close to what he had the first time. So I, I don't I don't think that's an issue. Now, I think something that he will probably have to look into, as we talked about with Curry, seven out of his first eight seasons, he played 74 games or better, except for the one year when he played like 26. But then his last five seasons, I mean, they have been severely cut as far as the action that he's played. But I know that when his ankles were the issue, right. he did talk about this before. He talked about how much he started to work um, on the flexibility and things like that of his ankle. And also he started wearing these specialized ankle braces to help him. I don't think LaMelo Mello does not play with ankle braces, but I'm trying to think if he plays with them taped. I don't think he does. You can go to the tape. Yeah, he on. may play with his ankles taped, though, so I'm, I'm not going to go that far. But even if he doesn't, I think those ankle braces and some of the things that Curry did to help himself out, he might need to reach out to him. And his dad's, you know, right there on the sideline that he can give him a call for. Well, him. that's a far more interesting conversation to me. It's the Stephen Curry part of all of this, mm-hmm. right? It is the fact that at the beginning of his career, this is someone that battled all of these ankle injuries. Yeah. And I was looking some of that up as well. This is someone who suffered through five sprained ankles in twenty in, in the 26 games that he played the season following an unsuccessful reconstruction constructive surgery on his right ankle in 2011. So one surgery didn't quite go as well. And he also had five sprained ankles. We're talking about three for the left one for LaMelo and a fractured right ankle on the right one for LaMelo. The comparison to be made there is not the switch from Nike to Under Armour or anything like that for Steph Curry. To me, it's the fact that during rehabilitation, physical therapy, muscle building exercises, that were all there to strengthen his ankles. He was able to kind of shift some of that tension on the ankles to his hips. And he was working with doctors to try to figure out how do we put as little amount of stress as possible on that? Mm-hmm. Like, I think I, I far more subscribe to that theory in order to help LaMelo. And then hopefully his ankles heal, heal up and he can put just as much stress as he used to. It's a problem now. I think he can heal up from this. And then if we suffer another one next year, then yeah, we'll certainly be, you know, sounding the sirens. Yeah. We hope that, this is not the case, but only time will tell. Uh, Mello, speedy recovery to him. And like I said, the Hornets, it could be a blessing in disguise. Not that you ever want to see a guy get hurt, but as far as helping the Hornets' chances, because, listen, they were going on a win streak. Things were starting to get a little testy as far as just losing chances to get big Wimby. So we'll see. But, listen, we won't lose Fitty Marlowe back there for his last flash of the day. I am going to recommend LaMelo to see the doctor I went to go see when he had to reconstruct my ACL. Yeah. After I tore it in that historic... Who'd you uh, go see, James Andrews? I was going to say, what was the doctor's name? (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Huckleberry. Um... So my first two flashes involved players getting released. (laughs) So was my third. Same as deflecting. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to release running back Leonard Fournette. Playoff Lenny. 
that could be a guy that if you don't, if you can't get Foreman back, whether it's money, con, you link the contract or whatever, could this be a guy? I think would very much fit in with what Thomas Brown wants to do in that running back room that Carolina should be interested in. Yeah, I think with him, what's interesting is the fact that he was a non-threat as a pass catcher at the very beginning of his NFL career and turned into one big time with Tampa Bay. Look at the difference as far as his growth in receptions accumulated, playing with Tom Brady, playing with Tampa Bay. I thought that was kind of interesting. It always is going to come down to the deal for me. I told you yesterday, I'll say it as long as we talk about running back additions. I would rather just draft one and have him enter the running back room, but I do like Leonard Fournette, and as long as it's at a decent price, then sure, I would consider it. I would still just take the drafting route. I don't think Fournette should be brought in. Locker room, as far as just him coming in, overweight, you don't know how he's going to come in, what type of shape he's going to be in. We know some of the attitude issues he had when he first got to Tampa, so I don't think the Panthers should touch that. I think they can find a good back in the draft. Listen, call in. Third caller, Hornets, Suns, tickets, ready, set, go. Hit up Fitty, drive them crazy back there till we get the right caller. And when we come back, I close out the month of February, Black History Month, with the mother of all black history sports heroes. This is the Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Welcome back the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, and this is your Black History Sports Hero, and I promised I would give you the mother of Black History Sports Heroes, but salute to all of the heroes that we saluted this month, but this woman literally is a mother and one of the queens of all queens when you're talking about sports. I'm talking about Serena Williams winning the U.S. Open in 1999. She made a lot of history over her long and illustrious career. But nothing was as historic as her 1999 U.S. Open championship run. She became the first African-American woman since Althea Gibson in 1958 and the first ever in the Open era to win a Grand Slam singles title. In the final match, she emerged victorious over number one, or then number one, Martina Hingis, with a 6-3-7-6 win, ending a run of 31 years since Althea Gibson's fifth and final major title. And talking about Miss Althea just a little bit more, she won her first major trophy at the French Championship in 1956 before winning Wimbledon and the U.S. Championships in 1957 and 58. 
but it was a great omen that Williams' win came in New York, where in 1950, Gibson was the first African-American player to receive an invite to play at the U.S. National Championships at Forest Hills. That was Serena's second time competing in New York in just the seventh major tournament of her career. In the final, she hit 28 winners to Hingis's seven. That match lasted an hour, 42 minutes, and Serena overcame 57 unforced errors. She broke Hingis four times in defeating her, who saved two match points in the second set before Serena finally got the dub. Listen, when you talk about decoration, there's no more decorated than Miss Mrs. Serena Williams, excuse me. She won more Grand Slam singles titles, 23 to be exact, than any other woman or man during the open era in tennis. And she, or Serena and Venus, her sister, won 14 Grand Slam doubles titles and three doubles gold medals at the Olympics. Salute to Serena the GOAT! Big as our final Black History Sports Hero. A uh, big shout to Serena. Before we came back on the air, you said we we're going to honor a mother in Black History, and then Fiddy said the mother of if, Black History. If it ain't heroes. if it ain't Jackie Robinson, what are we even doing? Right. It's just funny because you said the mother of Black History. Well, I, just because you say the mother doesn't always mean that it's going to be a woman. Like you know, you say mother and other phrases you know what i'm saying <laughs> like oh, no. I, I just don't know how we went the entire month mm-hmm. and jackie robinson doesn't come up well but that's because you wanted to I love on- jackie robinson yeah, yeah but you know he's always a story that's told during and black history month told. and i feel like that people are uh very very much familiar with what he's done by now so i wanted to highlight uh, others in a little bit more specific moments. Like I said, even with Serena highlighting that specific moment and and what that meant. Did you highlight the time she threatened to kill a ref? Some of her you are not problems? slander. You are not slander. Any, any a Black History Sports up? hero. Now, Fiddy, you're a little Stay out of pocket with lightly. that. You will not be slandering a Black History Sports hero during this segment. That is not going to be tolerated. <laughs> so I'm not laughing. Shed some light. 704. Yeah, I am not laughing, bro. That, that was foul. That was wrong. 704-570-9610. We'll go to NASCAR Brad's comment on the Garage Door Guru text line who says, hats off to Wes putting all these black athletes in the spotlight this entire month with the segment Black Sports Hero I think you should apologize day. on that for that, Fiddy. You was a little wrong for that. I have nothing to apologize no, I, for. Damn, here we go. Okay. Here we go. With I, was, I was foul. I was going to ask a question that was going to be a lot more lighthearted and in an awkward transition trying to get off of it. My question <laughs> is going to be that somebody put that out there on Twitter, and I want to know if you agree with them. My controversial opinion is that child-free weddings are rude AF. And that weddings should be about family, kids are a part of the family, and that marriage should be about being open to children. Do you have any problems with weddings or receptions that ask that you do not bring children to the reception? Fair, foul, or is it their day and they can do whatever the hell they want to? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's their day. They can do what they want to do. But would you have kind of like a, a internal problem with that? Would no. You? Okay. I mean, most people, they want to drink and have a good time and all that stuff anyway. So, you know, it's whatever. Fiddy, is that something that you would have a problem with at all? Child-free weddings? Well, yeah. This is a thing, right? So I've never been to one. Yeah. So couples who, couples will ask 
attendees to not bring children because they want to get down and party and get lit at the reception and they're going to play some music that might not be exactly suitable to the children that are whatever age and under and they're trying to have a party and so i understand that and that was my question because that person certainly said his seven name <laughs> so the text i'm sorry that's bad radio at the same time the text messages got me big time so but yeah so that happens you've never w- willie p i imagine he allowed kids at his wedding uh yeah, K- KB brought both of his. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, Possum Brian said, "Look, we've got a lot of people writing in." Possum Brian said, "Leave the little ones." Oh, he said something else. Leave the <laughs> the little ones at home. Um, seven eight six said they don't appreciate the moment. Don't know who he's referencing there. Um, and seven oh four said child free. Yes, rude. That it was rude. And so just wanted to put that out there because it was a text message or a tweet, I should say, that came across my timeline. Wanted to get the people's choice on that. Let's go to what's on tap. An interesting slate in the ACC tonight. Virginia hosting Clemson, but more importantly, Duke hosting NC State. Duke is six and a half point favorites to get the job done at home, especially after NC State lost very badly to Clemson. What do you expect to happen in this one, West Duke versus NC State? Um, ooh, this is gonna be. Uh, uh, I I just don't trust NC State like that on the road, especially at Duke. Um, I think Duke takes care of business at home. They're undefeated, and I think NC State, kind of like they did against Virginia, I just don't know that they're built for some of the best teams in these tough, raucous environments. So they can go in and prove. I'd love for them to prove me right. But I don't see them going in there getting a win. Yeah, how different are we feeling about NC State if they lose here, especially off the heels of a 25-point blowout that Clemson won? Because we were all discussing NC State as an awesome team in the way they had been playing after a win against North Carolina, positive trajectory, all that. Just how much does it all stop in its tracks if they have two losses in a row, especially with one here, even if it is on the road um, with a second loss in a row? I mean... It would be, you don't want to, like I said, you don't want to keep losing, man. So they got to try to get wins. It could hurt them a lot. Yeah, I agree. Like I, it would, it, it's it's funny because we're talking about what, Friday? I guess we were discussing NC State as this hot team that we were all excited about. And then here would come uh, the Wolfpack as a uh, two loss in a row team by, right. but by the time we get around to Wednesday. So pretty big deal, pretty big game, in my opinion, for the Wolfpack. And, and Duke, too, hosting that at home. 7 o'clock is the tip time for that on ESPN. That'll do it for Weston Walker. Keep it right here. The Kyle Bailey Show coming up next alongside Smoke Ludwig at Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.